Hey now, we are getting over and I am the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, here to lead you through these hard times with your WWE Royal Rumble Ultimate Preview. That's right, the Silver King is back once again alongside vintage Chris Vanini and we are here to break down everything that we expect to go down this coming Saturday night for WWE's rare second pay-per-view of 2022 the royal rumble we're going to discuss everything that happened over the last few nights on smackdown and raw we'll give a little bit of a preview about the go home smackdown we don't exactly know what's going to go down one night before the royal rumble that is the issue by the way with smackdown being on a friday i really do wish they would move it back to tuesday nights that's another topic for another day uh, but we'll, we'll talk about what we expect to happen there and of course everything that we believe is going to go down on the pay-per-view now we have a loaded week here folks on the getting over wrestling podcast not only are you getting this royal rumble ultimate preview today on thursday we're going to have our normal aew nxt episode there's a chance that some development could happen friday night that might cause chris and i to do a special wwe royal rumble go home show but we're not planning on that right now instead the show after that would be our wwe royal rumble instant analysis saturday night as soon as the pay-per-view excuse me premium live event goes off the air and i would be remiss of course if i did not remind you to follow us on twitter at getting overcast that way you can join us for a very special live wwe royal rumble pre-show 6 30 p.m eastern on twitter spaces follow us at getting overcast you will see the scheduled event you can set yourself a reminder or you can just join us at 6 30 p.m eastern saturday live royal rumble pre-show on twitter spaces and before i welcome in chris because lord knows having promoted enough to start this episode of the podcast let me also remind you that getting over is all about defying so please stop make me asking stop being marks for yourselves and go back to being a mark for me stop making me ask is what i meant please head on over to apple Podcasts and spotify leave a five star rating and then on apple let people know how much you love this show those ratings those reviews are extremely important to us now the silver king i may sound a little bit different i am uh not home i'm live on site in orlando florida doing a little bit of an event for work so in my downtime i am taping this podcast without my normal equipment uh but home finally able to join us on the podcast as a regular again finally is vintage chris vanini chris it has been a whirlwind last couple of weeks for both of us but more so for you than me uh, welcome back to the show and i hope you're excited for the royal rumble yes i'm back ready for this uh, we should start calling the podcast a premium event i think every week every episode <laughs> is if you think about it premium but, uh, podcast event yes yeah yeah um no i'm good i'm excited royal rumble it is every year top three most excited for pay-per-view going in yeah. it's just the nature of the rumble doesn't matter what's on the card you're gonna be excited for it so i'm excited for it and a college football is finally behind me now um so i'm i'm all wrestling now let's go and the word you're looking for is anticipated it is indeed one of the most anticipated shows of the year especially for wwe i mean honestly like SummerSlam is fine like money in the bank is really exciting those are two pretty good shows but for me it's royal rumble wrestlemania 
every year. Mm-hmm. And when you get like, remember that Royal Rumble a couple of years ago with Brock entering, I think it was the 2020 Royal Rumble. When you have, you know, really special events like that, that you can point to and you can just say, man, like that was a killer main event to potentially cap a killer show. I think we have that opportunity this year. This is a stacked card. It truly is. Now, the Rumble matches don't have as much star power as I think we would have liked, especially given the fact that WWE cut 80 talents uh, this past year. But the show, as it has been built, does have a lot of star power, and it has a lot of potential, I think is the way I want to put it. And I don't want to give away the pre-show expectation grades. We're going to get to that later in this episode. We are going to give you the full WWE Royal Rumble Ultimate Preview. So if you're listening to this towards the end of the week, and maybe you don't have time to hear us recap everything that went down across SmackDown and Raw, be sure to check our episode descriptions. Uh, We'll have timestamps for every segment on the show. The main event of this show is that WWE Royal Rumble Ultimate Preview. Where we're going to get started is with the good, the bad, and the ugly. But Chris, before we even get to that, I have a couple of things to say talking about WWE TV this week. So we always kind of start talking about SmackDown and Raw, why one's good or one's bad or why they're both bad, whatever the case. This week is very much that again. So there were six matches on SmackDown on Friday. Four of them lasted less than three minutes and four of them were direct rematches as pointed out by Joshua Johnson at Chester McLeod three on Twitter. Uh, He sent us a, a tweet. There were two disqualifications, including the main event, and a screw job finish out of six matches. And look, it's not that Raw is some great product like SmackDown was for a good period of time recently, but it is legitimately crazy. And we've talked about it a couple times here how much these brands have changed since the draft, where now SmackDown, the A show, is the repetitive, boring, waste of time sometimes program like I thought it was this week where every element that we hated from raw is now true about SmackDown. Meanwhile, raw on Monday night, at least as far as I'm concerned, I thought it was the best show they put on in probably two months, maybe longer. And I, when I say best show, I mean raw or SmackDown. The only stuff that truly bothered me from raw was the length of two women's matches. Other than that, it was a near perfect wrestling show. Yeah, I mean, we knew SmackDown was going to fall off once the draft happened and you realized all the star power was leaving for Raw. And that combined with all the cuts is that there's just not a ton of options out. And so they don't put a ton of effort into the into the stories. I I thought I thought Raw was okay. I, I, I think it was laid out well. I think it accomplished what it wanted to accomplish. I still think Raw is just generally missing must-see things. There, there's a lot of good stuff. There's not a lot of great stuff. And I was surprised that it was kind of the go. I mean, it was the go-home, essentially, for, for a lot of folks. So kind of surprised it didn't end with a bigger bang. But it was solid. And clearly, you know, they're trying to balance it back out because SmackDown was so loaded for two years it was the best show on wrestling for two years. And now it's mm. now sometimes, yeah, you can miss it. And I, I missed it live on Friday. I didn't watch it live. I was on a plane, but I watched it on Sunday. And yeah, it was a lot of just 
nothing. I had to catch myself being like, wait, is this the previous week? I, I want to just check to make sure I was watching the latest episode. There was almost nothing on the show except for the Reigns-Rollins confrontation that had much value. I mean, yeah. it, it was just, I felt, a waste of two hours. Where, look, Raw, I agree. WWE is not necessarily giving us reason where we say we have to tune in and see what happens next. That's not what I'm saying. However, mm-hmm. for a three hour wrestling program, which is already difficult, you know, just because it's three hours naturally on television, um, it was as good of a job start to finish of an episode as I can remember Raw doing in a long time. There were good matches, a lot of storylines that made sense. Um, you know, I, I think the opening and closing both could have been stronger. But again, when you're talking about an all encompassing episode, not everything is going to hit a home run. And WWE, I got to give them credit. They did hit a couple home runs on Monday night, and that's why I'm so enthused about it. So just to clarify, um, when we go through the good, the bad, and the ugly, we're going to really talk about everything that doesn't have to do with the pay-per-view card. So things involving Reigns and Rollins and and Lesnar and Lashley, that's all going to get saved to the ultimate preview. But Chris, I did have two more things I wanted to bring up before we do get to the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything else. I really am now to the point where I was willing to accept certain situations in which WWE piped in audio, like very rare, very, very slim situations, but they now need to do something about this. It was so noticeable during the Reigns and Rollins segment that opened SmackDown. It's like someone has left a hairdryer on in the (laughs) background. It's just this ambient noise that I couldn't like, you know, I know people go to sleep to ambient noise, but usually it's like rain or, you know, car sounds or something like that this is just buzzing and if they will if if they want to go and sweeten the cheers and the booze i mean i disagree with that wholeheartedly but i at least understand them doing that airing plain background noise during matches and promos it is so unwelcome and so distracting and it was terrible on smackdown friday night raw not so bad smackdown horrendous it's worse during promos because that's when it's the most obvious because they add this was the problem in the Thunderdome era was they would add they would add noise when someone's talking, which is the opposite of how it normally works with real people. So it's it's gotten pretty bad now. Are, are we are we do we know? Can they hear that in the arena? No. Or is it just on TV? It's just on TV. OK, because I, w- I wasn't totally sure what the Thunderdome either and so it, it's bad however i don't know if there's a real downside for wwe to do it because we well it, it, i got two minds of this one they want to they want to add to the story that they're trying to tell and and, and get people to understand how they're supposed to feel about it so i understand the concept of doing it i hate the pra- I hate the principle of it obviously but I understand wanting to kind of push people like, hey, this is what we're not trying to do. You boo, you cheer, you whatever. However, it goes against everything professional <laughs> wrestling is supposed to be about. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Which is you react to what the fans want. And like, this is the opposite of doing that. Like it's like when Becky Lynch became the man when she first turned on Charlotte, right? They would have piped in booze yeah. while the crowd is simultaneously screaming, cheering, excited for her. Right. It would be the exact opposite. Um, And and that's a major problem. But like I said, I can at least understand. I I agree with you. I don't agree with it. 
I don't support it. I wouldn't do it if I was running a wrestling show, but I can at least understand when it comes to sweetening cheers and booze. But the plain background noise, you don't Mm -hmm. need to add buzzing when an arena is, I'd rather it be silent than hear buzzing. And and look, I I, and honestly, I, I, I think the crowds from the two shows were not bad crowds. No, they weren't like, yeah, they were like you could see people getting up and cheering and doing stuff. And, and Pat McAfee made a comment that the Nashville crowd on Friday, he thought was one of the best they'd had in a long time. So you don't even need to do it. They're just they're, they're using it as a crutch. And it's it, I think it's damaging in the long term because it it, it, it it keeps them more in their ways as opposed to adapting. Well, that's the biggest problem. It, it gives them an out. It gives yeah. creative an out to say, oh, this isn't working. It's OK. We'll make it work fake by piping in noise. And and that's obviously a problem. Uh, we got to move on. Lastly, the last thing I wanted to mention, and it was, I mean, had to be noticeable on SmackDown because they made such a big deal about it. WWE, they've been up and down with taglines, right? For some of their shows <laughs> recently, they are calling WrestleMania quote, the most stupendous two nights in history, which is not only a horrendous tagline, It's also grammatically incorrect because they're using a dash between the word two and nights. So you either call it the most (laughs) stupid, you either call it number one, the most stupendous two night event, then you would use a dash in history or the most stupendous two nights in history without a dash. Okay. They're doing the exact opposite. They're putting a dash where there shouldn't be one, but forget that. Okay, which just annoys me as as a journalist and, and someone who deals in grammar. And, yes, all day. Right? I know that too, yeah. Right, but why can't WWE just do anything right? How about an incredible two-night extravaganza? That's literally off the cuff, off the top of my head. That is a better tagline than the most stupendous two nights in history. No one naturally says stupendous. And the fact that they did the gimmick with Pat McAfee opening up, it was, should have been a thesaurus and he was looking up a dictionary and he's giving the definition of stupendous. Like, I guess it was tongue in cheek and it was kind of a fun way to do it, but that shouldn't be your tagline in the first place. If you even comedically need to do something like that, it is such a bad tagline. It's again, it's an unforced error. It's like, okay, does that ruin WrestleMania? No, of course it doesn't. Am I nitpicking? I'm probably nitpicking a bit, but why can't this product why can't this brand, the company, just make it simpler and better? It's like they try to do things that we will criticize. I, I don't understand it, dude. Look, in, in the end, it doesn't really matter. But it's my biggest problem is that, is that the choice of the word stupendous sounds so close to the word stupid. It does. Yes. <laughs> like, like it's, it's not a word that people say. Uh, so like I was looking while you were talking, I was looking up some, some past WrestleMania taglines and WrestleMania one, the greatest wrestling event of all time, you know, like that, that WrestleMania three, bigger, better, badder WrestleMania. Uh, uh, well, this one wasn't good. WrestleMania 15, <laughs> the rage and climax that, that didn't work, but that's WrestleMania. Oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> WrestleMania 18, the one and only. WrestleMania 20, where it all begins again. The, the, the problem was the 25th anniversary. Again, like the two-night issue. It wasn't the 25th anniversary. But yeah, like, you know, once in a lifetime, you know, before they did twice in a lifetime. Yeah, it's... 
Well, 30, 30 was let the good times roll in French. It was, like, le, yeah, laissez le bon temps rouler. Yes, let the good times And that's roll. great. Like, WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Like, yes. Uh, 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 they're, they're so easy. They're, they're so freaking easy. Once in a lifetime, like you said. The right. most stupendous two nights in history. Just, just call and there's here's so many other ways it. to say it. There's so many here's other what, ways here, to say here's it. Here's what you call it. It's in it's in Dallas. They already broke the WrestleMania attendance record last time. You know what you just call us? The biggest WrestleMania of all time. Or or because it's in Dallas and it's the Cowboys, and what are the Cowboys most known for? Their star, right, at midfield, where the stars will shine, or where stars will shine the brightest for two nights. Or, you know, wrestling's biggest star shine for two nights. Like, just use star. It's right yeah, there the for st- you. The stars are bright. Yeah. Right. The stars are out. You know, whatever. It, the yeah. it is funny. It is funny watching McAfee, like, explain what it means. But, yeah, you don't need to. It's okay. Uh, anything else you got before we kind of move on here? I want to make one comment. There was a story. Nick Khan talked to Sports Business Journal a couple days ago. Okay. And he told them that WWE has taken some inbound calls from companies looking to buy WWE, but he stressed that WWE is not in active considerations trying to sell the company and he's not at, and they're not actively looking to sell. It, it, it's it's an interesting story. It goes on to talk about all the media executives they they hired, why they got more money for all these deals. You know, we we know financially WWE's in a great spot. Um on the idea of WWE being sold, um, you know, we've wondered that for a while. What do you think? I you just, I, I just don't. I think people are kind of extrapolating one thing into another, right? Like, okay, WWE thinned up its talent roster. I mean, thinned. They decimated it by cutting eighty people. So, like, oh, clearly they're cutting costs because they're looking to get in a position to sell. It's kind of like when Wayne Heisinger, and this is going to date me, but uh, for those of you born. Uh, you know, after 1990, uh, where Wayne Heisinger, uh won a World Series with the Florida Marlins in 1997 uh, and then sold all he bought the team. He bought like the championship. He bought the best players he possibly could. He sold all of them off. That way it was basically it had the lowest payroll in the league. That way he could sell the team. That was the goal. So the guy, so the guy who bought it, uh, I'm forgetting off the top of my head who bought it. I should know that. Um, but the the whole point was to make it in a put it in a position so that it could sell by getting rid of many of its most expensive assets. And theoretically, you could make the argument that WWE is doing the same. I've never thought that, and I've I've been pretty consistent about that on the podcast. To me, them cutting their costs is just to jack up their stock price. It's it's very simply to please their investors so that they make more money year over year. They probably looked at their talent costs and said, "We do not need this many people." The difference between what WWE thought and what I would do if I was running WWE is I definitely would have cut people because their roster was bloated. There's no question. But I would have cut like 30 people and I probably would have waited for their contracts to run out or something along those lines. I would not have cut 80 people. So, So they went in a drastically different direction from a talent standpoint. But I don't think based on what you just read, and that's not something I had really seen, um, I think WWE fielding inbound calls is not a surprise at all uh, because what is going on right now in media, it's buying up content and putting as much content on these streaming channels as these companies can, whether it's Peacock or Paramount Plus or um, I don't think Fox has one, but, you know, uh, whatever, Netflix, 
Amazon Prime, like the NFL package next year is going to be on Amazon Prime for Thursday nights. So yeah, uh, the fact that WWE is out there and it's probably relatively cheap for a major media conglomerate to potentially purchase, uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that people are inquiring about it. I just don't see a scenario where Vince McMahon sells WWE. I, I really don't. Yeah, I, I think it. I think that tells me we're not looking to sell. But hey, if somebody came along with a massive, massive hey, yeah, hey, blow, blow us out of the water. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. It, the way WWE has been handling itself is as a media company, not as a wrestling company. That's what you do when you hire Jamie Horowitz and all these guys, and you cut down on your cost of uh, talent. That's just what media companies do, for better or worse. And WWE, I don't exactly know when the current Fox USA Today deals end, but I assume they're going to get more money for the next deal. Oh, they definitely uh, will, yes. Like, it's it's still one of the top things on cable or on TV every every night between Raw and SmackDown. So they're going to be making ham over fist money again. Um, so, yeah, that was on the idea of them being sold. I know it's something that people have talked about for well, a while, so I want to just bring well, it up. Look, not, you know, we, we, we've drawn comparisons between the McMahons and, you know, the Roy's in succession before, but it's, it's probably, you know, a similar situation, right? Like if there's a Lucas Matson out there who comes down mm-hmm. and gives Vince McMahon an offer, he can't refuse Logan Roy in this case, that just makes all the sense in the world and allows Vince to go do who knows whatever other thing might be out there that he might potentially consider other than working his ass off, like, you know, a hundred hours a day. Um, if there's a Matson out there for McMahon, maybe it happens. But I don't think that person exists in terms of a NBC Universal or you know any other Netflix executive or Disney executive or anything like that. So I don't know. Yeah. You know what? I, look, nothing is out of the realm of possibility in professional wrestling in 2022 and beyond based on what's happened over the last two years. But I, I thought his comments that you just read made very clear what we've been saying on this podcast for a while, which is, are people interested in buying WWE? Probably. Are they going to sell? Probably not. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Yep. All right. So with that, let's, uh, we did take a lot here on the intro. We still have that entire WWE Royal Rumble ultimate preview to come at the end of this episode. That is the main event of today's show. So Chris, lightning round time, even though I do have a lot of notes, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. So because there's only like six matches on this Royal Rumble card and a lot of the people in the Royal Rumbles didn't do things that directly related to the Royal Rumbles, there is a ton to talk about in this segment. I am going to try my best to go through this as quick as possible, Chris. Uh, So let's start United States Championship. It was the biggest title match across both shows. Damian Priest against Kevin Owens defending. Uh, Backstage, KO briefly shared that beating Priest last week was the first pinfall loss Priest suffered on Raw a full week after the fact. And obviously, we have to rely on KO saying it versus WWE or commentary doing its job, as I criticized last week. But hey, at least it was effing mentioned, right? Uh, Both of them were super aggressive from the bell. Priest got his knees up to block a senton off the apron, choke slam Owens onto the apron. Owens hit a tornado DDT, a huge frog splash for a 2.9. After a Priest roundhouse and a near fall, KO acted hurt again. Priest countered a stunner with a lariat. Three different times, the referee broke Priest from attacking KO in the corner after counting to five. 
until he was eventually forced to call disqualification because Priest just kept going after him. And this, to me, was a great match, ruined once again by shitty booking. Sonya Deville read Priest the Riot Act backstage. She said that he basically needs to be smarter because his actions could result in penalties, like getting his title stripped or suspension. And I will admit, that was a nice touch because we've been discussing the way his matches have been booked and how it doesn't make sense and the character needing to get a grip and all that. So I like that they involved Deville there. However, Chris, I said weeks ago that this gimmick is a massive problem because it requires a turning point in every match and it requires multiple finishes that include disqualification, countouts, all that type of stuff. By definition, booking a character like this is going to be repetitive, which is not what we want from wrestling on television. We've already seen him get disqualified by five count. It's already happened and we got it again. It also makes him look like an absolute moron, especially after getting called out by DeVille afterward because he had KO beat. All he had to do was hit his finisher. He would have retained his title. So now Priest has lost to KO not once but twice, and we're going to get another unnecessary forced rematch because WWE refused to get to the end result here. The wrestling was great, but the whole thing gets downgraded because of booking that just cannot get out of its own way. That's really sad. So I was like, 3.75 stars and a B plus. I'm going to split the difference. A good match, bad booking. We got to pick one. What are you picking? Um, I'll say good. It was good work. Yeah, I'm going to go good too. It it, it was a reminder of just, it was a reminder of why we like Damian Priest and why he's awesome. And then a reminder of how terribly they're handling him. He, he can go. He's fun in the ring. That was a really fun match between the two of them. And you just, you, and it, it has to end like that. And not only that, they didn't even do a full on Damien ending. He didn't like right. get disqualified and then yeah. start in try to injure Kevin Owens. He just, got, he, he kicked a guy too much, lost, and then walked away. Like, what is that? That's the, that's the worst. That's the middle ground of everything. Yeah, he should tear off a turnbuckle cover or rip um, the ring yeah. open. Or so. yeah, like, yeah. If you're gonna do it, I don't like I don't like doing it, but if you're gonna do it, do it. Otherwise, do it. otherwise yeah. it just makes him look makes him look dumb. And I look, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens should have won the, the US title here. There, there's no reason not to do it. It would have it, it would have fit into everything that you're doing. It's fine. I just we keep this title on him and his priest gimmick is just not working. And so both guys just kind of come out of it being like, whatever. I don't know. We're we going to get a third match between them. And oh, we're definitely getting a third just... match. We're going to get it on the Raw after the Royal Rumble. I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like at that point, like, I don't know. If, if Kevin Owens wins the US title at the end of this, fine. But we're just, we're not going anywhere with these guys. And that's why it's frustrating. Owens taking the title into WrestleMania um, would make a lot of sense. And, you know, having him being a heel and going into that position. And maybe yeah. even like against the Finn Balor, like that would be a really fun feud, right? So I, I do think that's the end result. But man, like now you're so now you could potentially have Priest lose three times, right? Like he could potentially lose via pinfall that wasn't you know utilized well, lose mm-hmm. via disqualification, and then lose again via pinfall. Like you know, so it, when all yeah. you needed to do really was have him lose one time and make that one time a big deal because it would be the first time that he suffered a pinfall on the main roster. So that's my disappointment. Let's move on. Uh, We had an Alpha Academy academic challenge, and this week it was the Spelling Bee. Chad Gable got a lot of cheap heat talking about Ohio. Corey Graves had a really great line saying, 
Riddle spent most of his life in the state of Ohio, minus the O's. Very good. Real, real quick, I didn't I didn't rewind the beginning of Raw to check, but they were in Toledo, and Chad Gable kept saying Ohio. Everybody kept saying Ohio. Do we know what, when they did do the announcement of where they where the show is? Do we know? Did it just say Ohio or did it say Toledo? I wasn't sure. I don't know. But they, WWE they do does that. that. If it's not yeah. in, if it's not in a notable city, they'll say a college campus or they'll say yeah, weird. an area. You know what I mean? I like, just, I know it's because they kept saying Ohio, Ohio. They weren't saying Toledo, and I wondered if that was on purpose. I mean, is is Toledo really that different from, like, Columbus or Cleveland? I mean, I guess they are, but it's a a big square state. I grew up up nearby in Michigan, so, like, Toledo is, like, a place to me, but, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Anyway, so Corey's line was awesome. Uh, Otis got his word right. Riddle got the word calibration. Wait, 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 wait. Riddle, uh, Otis did not get his word right. He didn't. I wrote no. He forgot the. the, the I, uh, it's I forgot the word ends in a l or e l. He went t l. I rewound it and checked. He didn't get the word right. But, but they said he, he did. Yeah, like he was supposed okay. to get it right, but he actually did not get it right. I just wanted to. Mention okay, well, no, I'm glad you clarified. But like, I'm on. You know, I watched it on my computer in a hotel yeah. room. So excuse me for missing that. But I'm no, glad you yeah. clarified. No, no, no. I'm glad you clarified. Uh, Riddle though got calibration, and he made a joke about weighing things on a scale so he knew what calibration meant. And whoa, I'm real high. And I definitely popped for that. Gable yeah. then got his word wrong and went crazy. Orton spelled dumbbell right, and that gave the faces the win. Gable was incensed, so Orton made a one-on-one challenge. So we got Orton versus Gable. Great wrestling both ways in this match. Orton did the backdrop onto the announce table. Otis distracted, so Gable took out Orton's leg and hit a gorgeous moonsault for a 2.7. Orton hit the draping DDT. Otis hit Riddle with an exploder outside. Gable countered the punt kick into an ankle lock submission. Riddle brutalized Otis with a scooter outside the ring. Orton then threw Gable into the turnbuckle and hit an RKO with Gable flipping over his head. He did a handstand almost, a headstand, selling the RKO. It was incredible. And that was the end of the match. Now, I could have done without some of the ringside distraction, but everything else was nails. I went four stars in an A- minus only because of the outside activity, but this was a total baller match for me. The crowd, Chris, was hot as hell for this entire thing. Gable was the MVP once again for the third week in a row. He's totally getting over as a heel, and it's amazing to see it happen. It seems like they're going full Street Profits versus Viking Raiders with this. They're going to do three weeks of comedy events. Next week is a scooter race, which really isn't academic, but they explained it as, as PE class. I presume the title match will happen either at the go home uh, two or at elimination chamber. And this might be something I would normally complain about, but unlike those tape segments with the Raiders and the profits, they're doing these in front of fans so that the fans get to pop for them. Gable is benefiting because he's getting a ton of mic time and they gave us a great match. So they didn't only give us the comedy. They also gave us great wrestling. This was a triple segment. All three parts of it were good. And I think top to bottom, start to finish, it was the best thing overall on WWE TV this entire week. Probably. It, yeah, it, it was really entertaining. Chad Gable, we've known he's so good for, for a long time now, going back to his time in NXT. And it's great that they're finally giving him the ball and letting him run with it more and more. He's getting more and more just straight up promos in front of the crowd, and he's killing it. And it's great. This was, Other than Otis accidentally getting the word wrong, I loved every 
part of this. It, it, it was funny. It was entertaining. Again, like WWE is going to do sports entertainment. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's not. This was an example of good. We'll get to an example that was not good. Uh, but this is this is good sports entertainment. Crowd was again super into it. Yeah. And yeah, my, my only my only uh, uh, negative note is that, like you mentioned, it's the scooter race next week. I was hope, hoping they were going to do three academic things like Billy Madison, like they had said last week. So, yeah. you know, whatever. It's 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 a nitpick. And I'm someone who liked the the Viking Raiders Street Profits uh, bit in general. But you're right about it not being in front of fans. About it about not getting wrestling involved in that so this fixes the problems with, with that yeah it fixed all of the things that i did not like about that and there were things i yeah. did like about that but this fixed all of my issues with it and and i have to give them credit it, it's really funny good stuff top to bottom uh now the opposite of that was in zane shockingly yes. on smackdown Sami Zayn had a bunch of weapons on a table to torture himself like johnny knoxville does basically to prove it's all a shtick it's all easy he cattle prodded himself twice with the sound effect and the sound effect they used for the cattle prod was pretty good. It actually wasn't that bad, um, but it was really stupid to have him do all of that. Then Knoxville enters to his jackass music. He gets Johnny chance, which shocked me. Uh, he said the prod wasn't turned on. So he turned it on and then prodded Zane with a terribly fake sound effect. It was video game. Like is how it was bad the same it was. One. No, it was a different one. It was a mm. different sound effect. And that leads me to say, where was the sound coming from on the first two? It, how, how could the first two have made sounds if the thing was off? So they screwed that up. They shouldn't yeah. have played any sounds. And then they made a faker sound for the time it was really on than the good, decent sounds that they used when it was not on. Anyway, then he dumps Zane over the ropes. Sammy, to me, we talk about it all the time. He's almost a cannot fail character. Like everything he does is gold. But this was absolutely atrocious. It was as bad as it possibly could have been. And because of that, shockingly, for a Sami Zayn segment, I am saying ugly. Yeah, definitely ugly. I just, you know, last week's, you know, faking, jumping over the thing in the shopping cart, like, you knew it wasn't going to happen, but he made it entertaining. I don't think there's anything you could have done with this segment. You know, if they, they wouldn't do it, probably, because it's, Fox and everything, but if you actually did a jackass segment with the two of them, you know, Johnny does gets actually gets prodded with something, and Sammy's too scared to do it. Like, there you go. Like that 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 that's a great way to compare the two and make Sammy look scared and all and Johnny look tough. So yeah, he could have done a lot better. But yeah, Johnny Knoxville, big pop. Johnny, Johnny Chance. Um people are looking forward to seeing him. I, I think this has been a one of those positive celebrity involvements. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're good. Bad Bunny was a great one. Mm -hmm. uh, this has been a good one. Oh, I have high hopes for Knoxville. Uh, and we should talk about that. Rem uh, remind me when we get to the Royal Rumble. We should talk about Knoxville in that. Yeah, match, for sure. All right. Uh, Austin Theory told Vince McMahon it felt great to destroy Finn Balor. Said he's going to win the Royal Rumble and asked Vince to give him a high number in the Rumble so that he had a better chance of winning. McMahon said he doesn't control any of that. I'm quite sure Theory will get a high number, though. <laughs> So, but he said he doesn't control any of that, at least. And that Theory should be more concerned about his opponent on Monday night, which was AJ Styles. Theory ran down all of Styles' credentials, and McMahon said he better bring back, he being Theory, a great selfie. And, you know, these backstage segments with Vince, I, I know a lot of people don't like them, but since they've started pre-taping them, 
and mic them up clear and just maybe improve Vince's makeup. I don't know. The last two weeks have been very good. Like they're more natural. They make total Mm -hmm. sense. I don't have, I don't struggle to hear them and they're not as convoluted talking about pencils and erasers and all the other bullshit that they were doing previously. So now that they've like established their relationship, I'm enjoying it. And the thing I like the most out of this is before the match, not that we need them to establish AJ Styles credentials, but they did. They said, Hey, you know that guy who's been in like tag team matches recently, who's been losing and whatever. Let's remind the audience what he is. And that played into what happened next, which was styles versus theory styles hit a pendulum phenomenal forearm from inside to outside commentary didn't call it theory hit a sick rolling missile dropkick that took styles off the top rope. Then he hit a swinging uranagi and a really high sky high backdrop for near falls styles hit his springing inverted DDT, a vertical suplex into a neck breaker and a basement forearm for a near fall theory. Then hit an insane rolling flipping blockbuster for a near fall commentary did a great job saying people usually do that off the top rope and he did it standing, which is mm-hmm. insane. Styles and hit a Pele kick theory counter to styles clash styles got a calf crusher theory reached the ropes theory then kicked the ropes on a phenomenal forearm and got caught cheating by putting his feet on the ropes trying to get a one two three styles finally escaped the ATL and hit the phenomenal forearm for the win in what I thought was an incredible match start to finish now commentary was just as good as the wrestling because commentary did a superb job putting over both guys especially theory this is exactly, Chris, the match that we did not get last week with Finn Balor. Last mm-hmm. week, we got a five-minute shit fest where Theory beat the first Universal Champion, and it didn't make a shred of sense why they did it that way. Here was the exact same booking they should have done last week. Basically, Theory sh- uh, should have had the same match two weeks in a row against two of the top wrestlers on the brand and just lose barely to both of them. That's how you get someone over. Styles looked rejuvenated here. Theory looked like a million dollars in defeat. And this is when I talk about wrestling and booking and storytelling, this is the shit I watch for. And I hope and think we should get on WWE television every week. This was a pay-per-view match on TV. I might shock you. 4.5 stars and an A. The only thing I wanted was for Styles to get a mic at some point and cut a promo. He didn't do that. That's fine. When you talk about wrestling and when you talk about what I want out of a wrestling match, this gave almost all of it to me. Fantastic match. Yeah. And, and by the way, shout out to uh, at, uh, at J underscore Mace who DM'd me and apologized for getting in my head with the yeah that I say every time I say an answer. Uh, <laughs> you're a little John. It's, it's fine. Okay. You're, you're a little it, Chris. It's, it's good to know. Yeah. I appreciate it. This segment was the very best of what Raw and SmackDown can be on an every show basis. You gave us stakes. You gave us some background to tell you why these people are important. You gave us a great match. That like That's all the ingredients. It doesn't have to be a giant thing. You just have to tell us why things matter and why the people we're watching matter. And it's exactly what they did. It, it was beautifully set up. Austin Theory looks great coming out of that loss. You can look good coming out of a loss because Mm -hmm. he went toe-to-toe with AJ Styles, who they just told us it's a big deal to go toe-to-toe with AJ Styles. Now I take Austin Theory more seriously, even though he lost. That's exactly how you do it. And one other thing, 
they when when they're listing AJ when he's listing AJ Styles credentials, he says first ballot Hall of Famer. And obviously they don't have ballots in, in WWE Hall of Fame, but it made me think, do we think AJ Styles is gonna be in the WWE Hall of Fame? One thousand percent. Yes. Definitely. You think he's a so? grand he's a yeah. grand slam winner. Oh, that's true. I guess he, but he, even, he's been, he's, even if he's not been dude, longer than we thought. It doesn't take it doesn't take anything. To be in the WWE Hall of Fame. No, I know, I know. I just, but, I just, I, I, I never really thought about it, and I was oh, like, yeah, 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 probably, probably right. Even though it still feels like he's new to the company. But. Styles is yeah. having the, you know, it's great that Styles is having the career he's having. My, my hope, and you know, I'm, I'm getting more pessimistic on it week by week. Is that Finn Balor would have the same type of career as Styles, and it just mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it's going to happen in WWE. But man, if they one day like actually realize that Balor is the equivalent in many ways to styles. I'm not saying one's better than the other or, you know, whatever, but they have another guy. They have another person who can do what styles has done. And they're just not using him in that way. And the theory Balor match was emblematic of them not understanding that. And that hurt me so bad last week that it was just so nice to see them come back and really understand. It's almost like they listened to all the criticism from last week. I know (laughs) they don't listen to the podcast, but if they did, it's almost like they heard what I said and were like, you know what? You're right. Let's go give you what you thought that they should have. This is exactly what I thought last week should have been. And it was great yep. to see it. Definitely. All right. Uh, Charlotte Flair fought Naomi in a championship contenders match. Sonya Deville took Charles Robinson's shirt to referee. Flair accidentally knocked Deville outside. Naomi hit rear view and would have easily pinned Flair, but Sonya didn't move when she was outside of the ring. Flair put Naomi into the figure four, so Sonya jumped right in, immediately called for the submission before Naomi tapped. Charlotte extended it into the figure eight anyway and Sonya taunted Naomi. Eric Bischoff was randomly backstage giving Adam Pierce business lessons. Pierce said Sonya's actions with Naomi were over the line, and he's going to suggest a one-on-one match next week. DeVille took it well, uh, and Bischoff credited Pierce. He's like, hey, good leadership in doing that. This was only a couple of minutes, the match, but I consider this an exception because the booking was directly used to further a storyline. Like the short match, it was meant to be a screw job, so I don't care about the time. In this case, it was decent, but man, it's getting monotonous. And this match, it really needs to be the end of it because I don't know what else they can do. They can't stretch it to WrestleMania. They shouldn't stretch it to WrestleMania. What is the point of this entire thing? As far as Bischoff, I have no idea why he was there. It didn't add to the segment, and I don't think he lives in Nashville. So I just (laughs) didn't get it at all. I'm going to say he lives in Wyoming, I think. Yeah, Wyoming or South Dakota or something like that. So I have no idea why he was there. Um, There were a lot of celebrities and and people there. It was pretty random. But I I will say this was good. But again, it's kind of tentative. They need to they need to deliver on this. It was mostly good. I'm so sick of the screw job. I'm basically spacing out when it's happening now because you're just you're just waiting to get to the end. Right. If this is finally the end, then good. But if it's not, yeah, we got to just we're long past time to land this plane and move on. Great to see Bischoff. I don't care why he was there or whatever, but it was cool seeing him. Yeah. Uh, we had Bianca Belair versus Queen Zelina on Raw. Vega countered a vertical suplex into a stunner. It was a really cool spot. Belair hit a double roll-through roll suplex, and Vega got her knees up on a springing handstand moonsault. Zelina then tried the co-red, but Belair countered it into the KOD for the win. This thing got four minutes. It was disappointing more than most of the short women's matches because the action was so strong and the crowd was hot for it. Like the crowd was ready to go on a ride. It was saying, yeah. hey, you know what? This is starting well. 
we're ready for eight, 10 minutes. Like, let's see a big match here. And then they just ended it. There was no legitimate reason to not let this go longer, given the loser, Zelina, just won the Queen's Crown Tournament. So why are you beating her in four minutes, even if it is against Bianca Belair? I don't care if she was fighting Becky Lynch. She just won the Queen's Crown. She shouldn't lose a match in four minutes. I'll say good because Zelina got some spots here, but but I, I it's really, really close to bad. And this fell short unnecessarily. It did not need to be short. And it was the first match of the show. Yeah. Like, it, it was post-Brock Lashley, and then they give us a four-minute match like that. I, I'm giving it a bad because of that, because it was like, you know, they do the Bianca entrance, they hype her up, they go to commercial, and then we come back and, that, and we just we get that. Nah, I'm giving it a bad. Yeah, my bads and uglies are coming. In fact, you're getting one of them right now. Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, and Dana Brooke against Nikki, Ash, Carmella, and Tamina. All the women got worthless 10 to 15 second promos. I couldn't understand. I could not understand why Zelina didn't team with Carmella here and someone else fight in the singles match against Belair. Didn't make sense. Anyway, Ripley put Mella in the prism trap and that was for the win in 230. So I guess it's good that Ripley got the win if I want to put some type of bow on it. Then Nikki took a shot from behind on Rhea. So they had six women in this match. They couldn't give them six minutes. They couldn't let them each wrestle for one minute. It's absolutely pathetic, especially when you're promoting the Royal Rumble. That's the reason they did it. They gave us two minutes and 30 seconds of promotion. They couldn't even come up with fun spots or the deal where like they toss each other over the ropes, which they did for the men later. They literally gave this no thought or effort other than, hey, let's get all the women in a match to promote the Royal Rumble. This was ugly. Yep. Grew with everything. It was just a complete waste of time. Absolutely. And, all, and, and they all deserve they all deserve more. Because we we've been into the Rhea uh Nikki Ash storyline. La- sure. la- we yeah. liked it last week. You know, it's there's stuff there. This was this is complete this was completely throwaway though. Or as Oscar would say. This is her crap. Uh, Alexa Bliss had her third psychiatrist session. She uh the psychiatrist who I don't think we have his name ever, by the way. Uh he said they're making progress. Bliss then went on a rant about her first meeting with Lily, telling a story, and that was literally it. The segment faded out, and I thought they were going to come back to it later in the show and like do a second half and wrap yeah. the whole thing up, but there was nothing to it. So we got three weeks of these, and there were no developments other than the guy one time saying she's making some progress. You have to imagine Alexa Bliss is returning at the Royal Rumble, and if so, these were a colossal waste of time because it would have been one thing if they showed her overcoming Lily, morphing back into her old self, maybe each session there's less eye makeup and less darkness. And right, right like she starts transforming or something. Well, they showed nothing. It was her exactly the same, except for the first week where she totally freaked out three weeks in a row. And all three of them, including this one, were bad. She, she was dressed differently. I think she was actually in all black this time, but she she was making progress because she didn't flip out she's she was opening up to him and i was like oh but no let me interrupt you the first time he showed he showed her video of the incident which of course would trigger someone who went through something traumatic theoretically right they didn't do that in subsequent times if he kept showing her the video sure she wasn't reacting to it then i would agree she was making progress well, no, because she didn't. She wasn't looking. She was looking to kill him last week too, and she wasn't this week. But she was talking about, "Hey, we finally got some backstory to Lily." As far as I know, unless it was in some Alexa Bliss promo, I blacked out on. 
I didn't. We didn't get that Lily backstory before about when she got beat up. But I don't Lily. want. I don't want no. Lily backstory. I want Lily that's buried that's fine. in the ground. But they were they were finally <laughs> giving us the story, giving us some background, and I'm I was interested in this segment as okay. it was going on, and then they just cut away in the middle of her talking. Okay, <laughs> I was like right. what? Yeah, yeah. I was like, what are we doing? And then they never came back to it. They literally just said, all right, Alexa Bliss, who really cares about it? We don't care what she has to say. We're just going to cut away in the middle of her talking. That was incredibly, I think, you know, whatever you may think of the character, that was a damaging cutaway to the to the feeling that we're supposed to care about her as character by doing that. And then not coming back to it. I, I thought they were going to come back in the show. She's still talking. She's still talking. Oh, okay. But no, that was it. So I don't know. I mean, Alexa Bliss tweeted last week just like, patience and stuff like that and i don't know this was i i'm giving it a good for what it was but a bad for how it was handled and and you're right now if she comes back at the rumble we didn't really get any type of change so i don't know you gotta pick one as you told me earlier good or bad yeah i'm gonna give this a good okay but if, yeah, if her comeback is now, then yeah, this was a waste of time. Okay, well, uh, that, well listening to you was a waste of time, because that was definitely not good. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's, let, let's move on. Uh, the Mysterios fought the Street Profits on Raw. There was a trio of like high-risk moves outside. Montez Ford did like a Mighty Mouse pose while doing a Tope Cannonball, which was crazy. Ford caught Rey Mysterio trying the 619. Mysterio eventually rolled off his shoulders into a pinning combination for the win. Dominic tried to dump his dad out of the ring. But Ray caught him with a hurricanrana, flipped him outside. Ford then threw out Ray. Dawkins threw out Ford. Then the dirty dogs ran in out of nowhere, tossed Dawkins out. All six guys brawled, and that was really it. First of all, how the hell is Ray Mysterio forty-seven years old? Like I look, <laughs> I, I was watching the match, and I'm like, hey, he's got a little bit of a paunch. I'm like, oh, maybe he's like forty-four. I, I googled it. He guy's forty freaking seven, and he moves like that. It is he moves like he's thirty-five. It's insane. Uh, the Ford and Ray segment of this, like the minute we got of them two, was awesome. This was really just a Royal Rumble builder, nothing more. So I'm not really going to criticize it. It was entertaining. It was way better than the stupid six woman match. Uh, so I'll say this was good. This was it was fun. It, it, was, it was kind of the same stuff we've been getting. You know, they they do the Royal Rumble stuff at the end. I didn't hate it. I did. I, I was, this was something I kind of would have on the bracket. Okay. They're doing this again. I'm on my computer as it's kind of going on, not paying close attention to it. Um, I, I give it a good, but it's one of those completely inconsequential goods where it's just in one out the other. Fine. Well, not, so it. not all wrestling needs to have some huge consequence. It was no, entertaining. And that's fine. It was entertaining yeah. and that's good. Like it's, you know? Yeah. Right. I, I just, just cause we say good, bad doesn't mean like, it was it was one of the best things on the show or something like that. Like it, it's good. It, it was what it needed to be. It was fine. It, it was it was what the women's match should have been. They they should have been given Correct. that time to Correct. just do a full on thing and, and 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 actually get to wrestle. So yeah, exactly. Uh, on SmackDown, we had Kofi Kingston versus Madcap Moss. Biggie joined Kingston at ringside. WWE explained it's Royal Rumble season. So that's why he's on SmackDown. Pretty shitty explanation. Uh, Kingston slid out of, I think it was a razor's edge and hit Trouble in Paradise. And he got his win back from last week, which was horrendous booking that I absolutely tore apart. Biggie scared Happy Corbin from entering, hit Moss with big ending to stand tall at the end. There was nothing really notable here, but it's good, at least that they corrected last week's garbage and that Kingston beat him. If Biggie, you know, goes over uh, in the Royal Rumble, then maybe this is slightly telegraphing a little bit, but. I don't know. I mean, I was totally fine with this. 
am I off base by saying this was the coolest and toughest Biggie has looked in a long time? That is accurate. Yeah. He um, gets a big I mean, I mean, look, in that in that day one match, he did F five everyone except for Brock Lesnar. But he did yeah. lose to Brock Lesnar. Sure. So like he comes out. I mean, it, it's a surprise, even though he kind of shouldn't have been, but it, it's a surprise. He gets a pretty big pop. And he comes out deadpan face serious, not doing all the stuff, gets in the ring afterward, you know, threatens Corbin and all that stuff. Like he just he looked like a badass. That was essentially the serious full the full-time serious big E that we always kind of wondered about. I don't know if it was just a one-off or what, but I was like, whoa, Big E, like, he looks like he means business here. And I was more interested in him because of that. So I thought that was good. Um Madcap Moss, he aka Riddick Moss, whatever. Dude's got talent. And he is completely handicapped by a terrible gimmick. Yeah. He looks great. He's pretty decent on the mic. He can go fine. And then he just has this god-awful gimmick. And I'm just thinking, like, man, this guy could be a lot more. I, I, I don't know what his future is, but the last couple of weeks, he's been pretty entertaining in a terrible spot. Even um, his even so. his match with McIntyre was good at day one. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a lot of promise with him, but this comes back to, like, the whole character thing they're doing nxt blah 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 all this stuff like i don't know if any of these things are the type of things that'll get somebody over but he's a talented dude well so you, you weren't a I'm, huge I'm nxt fan but he had like eight different gimmicks in nxt also like he just couldn't find a gimmick his okay. entire career yeah. and being riddick moss former football player is not a good enough gimmick but i i am reminded i talk all the time about dewdrop being the worst name in ww i'm wrong Madcap Moss is worse than Dewdrop. Like Dewdrop is so, Dewdrop right. is terrible, but it's memorable. Madcap Moss is just terrible. It's yeah. it's it, you're not going to win with it. The only thing I want to mention very quickly before we move on, Biggie not being on Raw was very strange. I don't know why you leave him off the mm-hmm. show. Didn't make a shred of sense. If we see him SmackDown Friday night, okay, at least he's on the go home show, and that would be positive. Uh, we had Sheamus versus Ricochet on SmackDown. Ridge Holland returned without a mask. Sheamus caught Ricochet's Tope Suicida with a pump kick and then a bro kick, and he beat him in three minutes. I don't even know the point of having this match. Sheamus didn't get over. Ricochet didn't get over. This is after, by the way, Ricochet had that run in the gauntlet match where it looked like, oh, they're going to do something with him. And then you have. And what did I say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then they they have him lose in three minutes to Sheamus. Like, if anything, all this did was bury Ricochet. Like, if that was the goal, they succeeded. I'm pissed. Let these guys effing wrestle. You can do the exact same finish after 10 minutes and let the guy show some stuff and entertain the crowd. It's not even about getting him over, like like in terms of like thinking he's going to be champion one day. It's about entertaining your live audience. A three-minute match is not entertaining. 10 minutes of Ricochet and Sheamus would be very, very entertaining. No one benefited from this. It was bad. Bad. Get these guys away from each other. We've had Ricochet and Sheamus together for I swear it's six months at least. And I love these guys individually, but I just, I got to see him somewhere else. Sheamus just to me is not a guy. If you move him down the card, it's not, I don't feel like it really elevates the people around him. He always just feels like a guy who should be near the top of the card. Yeah. And his U S title run was whatever. This is whatever. Nah. Uh, we have the Viking Raiders against Los Lotharios on SmackDown. Again, I'm telling you about these three minute matches. Eric hit a world strongest slam and a power bomb simultaneously. Then the Raiders combined for Viking experience for the win in a couple of minutes. They got a decent reaction. 
at the cost of squashing one of the few other teams on the show in like like two minutes, three minutes. Again, why not let them wrestle for seven minutes and make Los Lotharios look good? Also, the raid chant that I thought was catching on, it does not seem to be catching on. This was no, bad. It is not bad. It, again, I go back to the whole character thing, but actually not characters. I They're just, we're here to wrestle, and that's all we know, and nah. Yeah. Bad. Uh, we had Natalia versus Aaliyah. Summer Ray was in the crowd. Natalia got disqualified by ignoring the referee's five count two minutes and 20 seconds into the match. She kept beating Aaliyah, so Zia Lee came out to stop the bullying. Her entrance, I don't know why, it seemed different and far less cool than her debut. She kicked Natalia one time, and that was it. Zaya potentially could have saved this. Like, I thought, oh, she, you know what? She's coming out. This makes a little bit of sense why they would do this. But she didn't save it. It was completely ugly. They also could have had Summer trash talk Natalia or something in the post-match. They didn't even do that. This was an absolute total fail. Bad. Zero point zero. Yes. Sorry. Bad. (laughs) No, it's fine. Who is Aaliyah? What is her story? Is she just happy to be here? Happy to be there. Yep. She breaks the women. She breaks the record for quickest match. And that's her character. Like, who the heck is she? I have no connection to her. I need to know about these people. Again, this is like the third or fourth time I've said this on this podcast. Like, they're not that. And and honestly, that's why I I didn't hate the Alexa Bliss thing. Like, why are these people doing this? I don't know. This was it was a dumb match when Zia Lee comes out to save her. I was like, oh, cool. Like she's the protector. Like she did this before. I kind of I kind of get it, except for she did not, you know, save uh, 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 save earlier against Charlotte. Mm -hmm. If you're coming out to save somebody, why are you doing your full entrance? Like Natalia could have been beating her down quite a bit longer and then just kind of stopped. This is just a little kayfabe annoying thing. But I like Xylee. I like the entrance. I think she's cool. Would like to see her do more. She popped yep. up a couple weeks ago and disappeared for weeks. So I don't know. All right. Overalls is bad. Two more things to get out of here and move on. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was backstage fully looking like Colonel Sanders. I couldn't believe the way he was dressed. <laughs> He's currently involved in like a top feud in GCW. So it, yeah, was pretty ra- yeah. it was pretty random. I know they were in Nashville, but it was random to see him on WWE TV. It was a simple, fun interaction with Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs that led to nothing. But this is the stuff we always talk about. It's good for TV. You have real-life interactions. Boogs looks really weird with short hair. I don't know why the hell they did that. I'll say good, because what else are you going to call this? But it was entertaining. Yeah, it was good. It was fun to see him. And then lastly, Veer got a new vignette. He's still coming soon. Don't worry. Uh, But I think it was new, at least. I don't remember the green lights. They still talked about the lions and being king of the jungle and top of the pack. I don't even know. I, I lost my place when I, I just fast forward through it. Uh, but he's got, a de- he's got a debut in the rumble, right? He has to debut in the rumble, either the rumble or the raw after one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Really um, the, 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 the tweet from WWE's Twitter account that Veer is coming massive numbers again. It's, <laughs> I, know, but, yeah. I just hope it's not a Funkasaurus thing at this point. I really do. Yeah. I really do. Okay, so that is the good, the bad, and the ugly, folks. That means there is only one part of this episode left, and that is the WWE Royal Rumble Ultimate Preview, or as it's also known. We are in the main event. You know what? I failed us because I should have cut that Vince McMahon Royal Rumble promo where he's like, 
This is the rumble. This is the Royal rumble. I really should have cut that for the main event sound. I didn't. I'm a failure. Hey, 12 months from now, maybe I'll remember for the 2023 Royal rumble ultimate preview. Chris, we have a six match card here. Makes a lot of sense. Given two matches, the rumbles themselves are going to take an hour each. I presume the women are going to open the show and the men will close it. But we also have two Titanic uh, world championship matches for the men that theoretically could also open and close the show. Nevertheless, this is the Royal Rumble. We will talk about the two Rumble matches at the end of this Ultimate Preview. Let's start with the undercard match, believe it or not, involving Edge, Beth Phoenix, The Miz, and Maurice in a mixed tag team match. On Raw, we had Maurice's birthday celebration. This was the main event of Raw. There was a huge box and a ton of gifts in the ring, and it appeared like that was going to give away the ending, especially considering there's a bunch of security outside. Miz realized that he didn't get that gift, the big box, for security to open it, and it revealed the brick that Maurice used to attack Beth as a joke uh, you know, to Edge and Beth. Miz began singing, so then Edge and Beth entered, looking completely badass. They both took out the all-male security team. Then they tore apart the set as both of them hit spears on a security guy, plus a heart attack on another security guy, and then a 3D on a third security guy, and the cameras missed the heart attack and 3D. So I didn't even really get to see them. I didn't look at any replays. It was pathetic from a direction standpoint, but it was exciting. Then Edge powerbombed a security guard into a cake and the presence to end the show. As we've discussed, they really have tried hard to extend this storyline. I would say this was the best of the last couple of weeks. It was entertaining. It was fun, all that type of stuff. Because Beth looked awesome, and them hitting mm-hmm. the tag team finishers was cool. But ultimately... I'm not exceptionally jacked up about this match. I did think it was a good go-home segment, though. It it was a good go-home segment. I didn't love it as the final segment of Raw before the Rumble, but it was fun. It was fun seeing Edge and Beth do the team moves together. I'm sure they loved that. That must have been so cool for for, for, for them to be able to do that. Oh, yeah. Um, And for their kids to see do that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But it also made me unsure about, um, about who wins the match now. Uh, I'm not unsure. I, look, man, is there a possibility that this goes all the way to WrestleMania? I guess it's like it's within the realm of possibility. We know WWE can extend shit, but you cannot. There's nowhere else to go with Edge and Miz. It's a told story. And if you're going to end this, there's no way you're having Miz and Maurice come out on top. They're the cowards. They're the heels. Edge and Beth Phoenix are both better than Miz and Maurice, respectively. It has to be the baby faces. I'm picking Edge and Beth Phoenix. I, I, I am too, it has to be, but really the only time the Miz and Maurice got over on Edge and Beth in this was the brick last week. Edge won the first match, you know, Edge and Beth kind of won the go-home segment here, and if they lose the match, that's a lot of losing or, or looking not so great for, for Miz and Maurice. Um, yeah, but, but they can absorb it, you know? Yeah, but still, I'm yes, I'm going to say Edge and Beth win, Edge gains momentum going into WrestleMania and everything. So, yeah. By the way, I forgot to give our normal like preview, I guess, when we do this ultimate preview segment. Uh, basically, we break down what happened, you know, the last week on television. Then we predict the matches. And then at the end, we're going to give our expectation grades for the Royal Rumble. Uh, we have a Raw well, Also, Also, should we be, are we going to keep track this year of uh, our picks and who does a better job of picking the matches? You mean like from the start of the year onward? Yeah, from the pay-per-view. We too. can. We can we can do a, a count for it, but we have to go back to day one. So, 
Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, we're Maybe. the second show of the year, which is very strange. We can do it. I mean, you know, I'm going to beat you. So if you just want, like, if you want it numerically out there, we can do that. That's fine. I always I forget my picks by the time the show. Yeah, I me mean, sometimes I do too. Not not this time. This time I'm going to remember my picks because mine are all very cut and dry. Uh, let's move on. Raw Women's Championship. Becky Lynch defending against Dewdrop on Raw. They had a face to face like sit down thing on camera. Uh, Lynch wanted Dewdrop to thank her for the spotlight and opportunities. Dewdrop said Lynch is a lamb on her way to get slaughtered. Lynch said Dewdrop was a name just to fill out the roster before she actually gave her a real chance. Dewdrop got pissed, tore her mic off, found Becky, and attacked her. This was pretty great. I got to say, like, it felt natural, believable. It was appropriate, uh, and it helped build a feud that doesn't really have much going for it in terms of storyline. The only thing missing from this feud is Dewdrop getting so angry at all the things Becky is saying that she Dewdrops her own name and changes to Piper Nevin. That's the only thing left for them to accomplish here. I was completely entertained, Chris. I don't think that it's going to be much of a surprise when Becky Lynch retains the title here. It seems completely obvious. There's some rumors out there about who she may fight at WrestleMania. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but no matter what, Becky has to go into WrestleMania as champion. Yeah, I'm picking Becky. But in this segment, Dewdrop was better. She was more entertaining. Three, I was not I was, Three weeks in a row, she's crushed promos. Yeah, I was yep. like, Becky was kind of like, eh, okay. But everything Dewdrop was saying, I was all in on. I, I, I love the way she says slaughter with, with the accent. Slaughter. Mm -hmm. it, like, it's ca she's captivating. And and then I was like, all right, this is kind of whatever. And then she's just like, gets up. And I'm like, she's like, F it. I'm going to go beat you up. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm into this now. I'm, I'm loving Dewdrop here. And I don't know if, I don't know if she's really a face or not. But, like, I'm all in on her every single week now, this past month. She is killing it. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the match too, but I'm definitely picking Becky. Well, let's be clear. We love Piper Nevin. You know, we we love the person Kimber. I think her name's Kimberly. That's who we love. Uh, yes. Do drop the character we hate, but the person playing. Oh, the I, character, I don't. I don't hate the character. I don't hate the character. I hate the name. I hate the name. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I hate the name, but I like the I like the way it's changed since Eva Marie left. Since they fired. Yes. Her. Since then, it's been totally going in the right direction, again, with the exception of the damn name. That's really the only thing left for them to fix with her. Uh, let's move on, uh, since we agreed on that. The WWE Championship. I can't believe this is the third, sorry, fourth to last match that we're going to be talking about on this show. I mean, this is, a main, this is a WrestleMania main event. It really is. Brock Lesnar defending the WWE Championship in a match we have been waiting for for a long ass time against Bobby freaking Lashley. There's a lot of beef out here. There was a lot of beef out there Monday night when they had a weigh-in for this match. It opened raw. Lesnar came out with a mohawk braid, leather cowboy hat. The guy looked absurdly awesome. <laughs> Lashley was 273. MVP put him over as a god. Lesnar only removed his hat and was 286. <laughs> which was weird because for a weigh-in, you literally need to remove your clothes. It was just strange that they did that. Uh, Lashley gave a spoiler that he would be the one to give Lesnar the shortest title run of his career. I thought it was a decent segment. Lesnar was hilarious the whole time. There's not really much build you need for this match. It's literally the ultimate... Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> That's what I want to see. That's what we're going to get along with. There's going to be a lot of beef flying, but they absolutely could have done a little bit more from a storytelling perspective. 
it did fall flat for me. It didn't harm my interest in the match. I am highly anticipating this. Very, very excited for it. But the segment on Raw, it could have done better. As far as the prediction, man, like it would be something if I don't even know what would happen. Reigns runs down, interferes, Lashley pins Lesnar. Like, is it within the realm of possibility for Lashley to beat Lesnar? Yes. What percentage chance is it? 5%. You know, like, could they book it that way? Yeah, they could. I just do not see them actually doing it. I think this pay-per-view is going to be resetting what happened with what what changed when Roman Reigns got COVID-19 and was unable to compete at day one. We'll get into how it will be reset in a moment. But starting with all of that is Lesnar retaining the title by beating Bobby Lashley because I believe he was supposed to beat Roman Reigns for the universal title at day one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I want Bobby Lashley to win this because I don't want title versus title at Mania. But my pick here is Brock. I'm really looking forward to this match. Your your point about the go home. Yeah, like I would have loved a a pull apart. Like this, these would have been two awesome guys to do a pull apart. Now, it's hard to do that when there hadn't been that much buildup. But maybe last week or something, Bobby just snaps at Brock saying, Bobby who? Like, I'm going to make you, you're going to know my name by the end of this. And he just snaps and freaks out. And then everybody has to break it up. And you get a pull apart. Like, I I think that could have really used it. Because pull apart with two big guys is really fun. But it was whatever. Fine. Still really looking forward to the match. But now that Brock has the belt, I don't see him losing a belt. So, picking Brock. Yeah, I mean, as far as the title versus title, we can get to it. Let me tell you, though, why I don't think that's going to happen. And we'll start with, I mean, there's a lot that happened uh, on SmackDown regarding the Universal Championship match that we're going to get at the Royal Rumble, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. So we're going to have to break this down in sections, and then we will give our prediction. So on SmackDown, Reigns got introduced by the Usos. They were celebrating his record Universal title reign. It took 13 minutes into SmackDown before anything original happened like a, a original word being said. Uh, Rollins came out. He said it was the Usos who were the backbone of the bloodline. Just like he and Mox, literally mm-hmm. said Mox, were for Reigns in the Shield. Uh, Reigns promised their match will be one-on-one. Rollins said he'll find a partner and fight the Usos to bar them from ringside. Reigns was angry because Jay Uso accepted, thinking Rollins wouldn't find a partner. Kevin Owens entered. He got a little bit of a pop, and Reigns said he gets to make the decision. So if Rollins loses... He doesn't get a title match at all, and Reigns goes on vacation until WrestleMania. So on one hand, Rollins wanting to fight eight days before a huge match, it is not smart in kayfabe. But on the other, the stipulation is so beneficial to him that it did make sense. This was miles better than their confrontation last week. Both of them broke the fourth wall. Um, They offered peeks into their friendship a little bit behind the storyline. Also, the nod to John Moxley on the same week he returned to television from rehab. Mm-hmm. That was pretty sweet. So overall, I did really like the opening segment and what they set up for the main event. Yes, it was. It, it made sense. It was stakes that made sense. I still think it's a little difficult for people to fully connect because it is heel versus heel still. And you, like you said, Rollins wanting to fight 80 for a major match. That's a, that's a face move. You know, really. Right. Um, so 
it's still kind of just weird with all that, but I, I enjoyed this. And the the Mox little thing was cool. I'm sure that was done on purpose because he came back this week. And then in the match, Pat McAfee dropped Mox's name too. So that was a cool, cool thing to see. Absolutely. So then we got the match. It was Rollins and Owens versus the Usos. Rollins hit an awesome Tope Suicida into both Usos, but he got caught with the pop-up Samoan drop. Jimmy kicked out of a pop-up powerbomb from KO. Then Jay broke a fall after a really sick avalanche uh, fisherman's buster. There was fun action when Rollins hit the stomp. He was ready to finish the match, but Reigns ran in for a Superman punch and the disqualification. I had so many problems with this, Chris. First, it is such typical WWE booking to have tag team champions basically lose a non-title match to a pair of top singles. When really... The duo that's a team and that's the champions and knows how to work together should come out on top. I know Rollins and Owens have good chemistry and they've been working together for a while. I'm just saying. Now, obviously, Rollins had to win here for the stipulation. But they wouldn't even let him get over the Usos clean. This guy's about to fight for the Universal Championship and he can't beat the tag team champions. If you're going to book the match, you have to give us the finish. Instead, Reigns forces a disqualification, and okay, it was the same result. He knew they were going to lose anyway, but he doesn't take the opportunity to beat the shit out of Rollins. He just Superman punched him. So him and the Usos should be attacking both of those guys, uh, KO and Rollins, and kicking their ass and leaving Rollins flattened ahead of the pay-per-view. If you're going Mm -hmm. to interfere and you're going to lose the stipulation, at least make make the most out of it. It felt like every single decision they made in booking the main event was wrong, and I couldn't get over that. We still have a go-home show on Friday, but I thought this was a horrendous effort for the key storyline on the A program. Totally agree. If you're going to interfere, you got to make it worth it. Like If you're going to give up the loss, then you got to make it worth it. Yeah, and I don't him. know if... I, I don't know if because Seth is a heel that they didn't want to make him too much like a baby face, but that kind of comes back to the whole issue in the first place. But yeah, it made Roman look kind of dumb and they don't often do that. Or at least have the Usos start the beat down and then Owens and Rollins clear the ring. You know what I mean? Like there's so many other ways you can do it. And that was frustrating. Uh, on Raw, on Raw, like there was basically nothing. Rollins cut a backstage promo saying he's the only one who historically has been able to put Reigns in his place. Uh, Rollins said he'd be back on SmackDown this Friday for the go-home show. That's really all we got for him. So with that, let's move into the match. So, look, Reigns now has the record. He's the longest reigning Universal Champion. It is my belief that the goal at day one, and I don't know that this is accurate. I don't. But it's my belief the goal at that pay-per-view was to do two title changes to set the stage for WrestleMania. The first was Lesnar beating Reigns, possibly putting Reigns in the position to win his title back in a WrestleMania moment. And the second was for Seth Rollins to come out of the Fatal 4-Way. I don't know what the planned finish was going to be, but for Rollins to come out of that match as the WWE champion. And I don't know who he would have fought at WrestleMania, but my guess would have been Big E winning the Royal Rumble and going on to fight Seth Rollins. So I believe that was the goal, that they wanted Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar as the champions going into WrestleMania. And I think that's exactly why we have these two matches booked the way they are. Lesnar won a different championship. They still had a big 
title change moment on the pay-per-view. And they still gave us Brock Lesnar on the show, where otherwise he wouldn't have been in it. And they certainly probably would not have had Rollins win a fatal five-way that had Lesnar in it, right? So they felt like Lesnar had to win. So he's already champion. I already predicted him to defend and retain the title against Bobby Lashley. Here, we have Rollins beating Reigns. But the question is, how the hell do you do that? Do you just put Rollins over Reigns clean? No, probably not. So it's either going to be an injury. It's going to be because the Usos are barred from ringside, KO interfering, or something else happening. I mean, we we were trying to think, hey, how are they going to have Roman Reigns beat The Fiend, right? And we came up with all these different areas and, and uh, not areas, uh, options and bookings. And ultimately, I thought The Fiend was going to win the title. They duped me. And then they come up with something that they pulled out of their ass with a top rope breaking and The Fiend losing. So I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Seth Rollins walks out of the Royal Rumble as the new Universal Champion. I understand it. I'm torn because I... I don't want Brock to be the one to take the title off of Roman, but it feels like more and more that could happen. So your idea of Rollins winning it um, is interesting. And and let me quickly add, before you continue, it also keeps open the Reigns-Rollins storyline. And that, that could easily be a main event next year at WrestleMania or a SummerSlam main event or anything else. Yeah, we're we're in that time of year now where you have to make every pick, you know, with your next three or four steps laid out. Right. And and I don't I don't know. I'm I'm also of the mind that it's possible we get the title versus title at oh, God Elimination that. Chamber. Elimination Chamber. Oh, at, at Saudi, Elimination with, Chamber. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's where that's where the last Brock Roman match was, right? Right, it was it was Crown Jewel. It was yes, Crown Jewel. Yes, yeah. So maybe the big Roman Brock thing that they're planning is there because of the person I think should win the run. And what do you think happens? Brock beats him potentially, takes both titles, and then merges them or drops I, one. I don't, like that's, that, that's why I don't want the title versus title because you can't. I don't want t- the, the the last I thing I want, want is either. title versus title. Right. So, so does one of them lose? Does Brock lose it? Does Brock lose to but does Brock lose the title to Bobby and go back to Roman? I I I don't know. But does does Brock get a win somewhere? I, or or I hey, or dude, maybe. And I don't know. I I don't know why they would book these two specific matches if they were going to do this. Maybe do they push Lesnar Reigns down the line? Do they push it to the SummerSlam or Money in the Bank or something like that? I don't think they do. Theoretically, they could. However, if they were going to do that, you would think they would save Lesnar Lashley for WrestleMania. You know? Yeah. Do you think it's possible the Usos interfere and cost Brock the title? I think that is possible too. But then you have Lashley as champion and Reigns as champion. Who the hell is Lashley? I mean, I guess Lashley could fight anyone. There's a ton of options, theoretically. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that could happen. I. I think it's more likely that Reigns loses than Lesnar loses. It's tough. That's tough because they've been doing they've been doing this Roman stuff so good for 
two year and a half now. And it's like, man, you want that. You want that one to come for someone who's kind of on the up. Well, you re- you really want someone like Big E to beat Roman Reigns or yeah. Finn Balor or Kevin Owens or, you know, yeah, or, or Riddle not, but, or Riddle, you know? Yeah. But, so, but if you're not if you're not going to get that and let's let's say your only two options are Rollins or Lesnar, Rollins is a far better option than Lesnar. I would take Rollins. Right. That's why I, I don't hate your I don't hate your your plan there. Um, I'm going to I'm I'm picking Roman. But I'm not feeling confident about it. fair enough, fair enough. And, and it's. It's tough. We really, honestly, like the fact that this is really hard is exciting. The fact that we don't know how this is going to play off, it's exciting because there's a lot of different things that could happen. Absolutely. So I don't want, I don't want us to get caught into, I want one thing to happen. If that doesn't happen, I'm going to be mad. So let's enjoy this because we don't often get this situation. No, no. All kinds of things are possible. And, and so by the way, and sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, yeah. By the way, it's not limited to these two matches. It's also the Royal Rumbles. Usually you go in, like a couple of years ago, we knew Drew McIntyre was going to win the Royal Rumble, right? You just, sometimes you just know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to win the women's Royal Rumble, and I don't know who's going to win the men's Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the women first, okay? Based on who is announced, who we know is going to be in the match, I only have five names that I think could legitimately win, and then I'm going to whittle them down because that's what we do. That's how I do it, right? Those five, again, I'm, I'm talking about the people who are in the match, are Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, and potential returns, just because one of them has been on TV, Alexa Bliss, and then Asuka, who we know is cleared. It makes all the sense in the world that she's going to come back in this match. So those are the five that I have, okay? When I break those down, I come down to... Let me see. Uh, three. I don't think uh, they're going to have Asuka win the Royal Rumble. They, I don't know why they would need to. Liv Morgan, she had her time to shine. She's not going to be as good a winner as the other three options. And that leaves us with Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, and Alexa Bliss. And I think there's two different options. They can have Bianca Belair win, and she fights Becky Lynch. And it's very simple. The story is there right? Starting with SummerSlam. But Bianca Belair also doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble. She just did it last year. And she deserves another title match. And she can make that case pretty easily, whether it's through Elimination Chamber or whether it's through just becoming a number one contender or challenging Lynch, however they want to do it. The others, Ripley and Alexa Bliss, they need the elevation of a Royal Rumble win. They also need um, a reason to go challenge for a title. Both of them, Ripley or Bliss, have scores to settle with Charlotte Flair, who, let's remember, is in the Royal Rumble match. And and yes, I do think it's possible that Charlotte could win the Rumble and choose her own opponent. But we saw they put Brock in and Brock didn't win. I don't think Charlotte's going to win. Okay, so that leaves Ripley and Bliss. And if I'm booking the damn territory, I'm booking Rhea Ripley to win. She needs the elevation. She needs to get away from Nikki. She can have her Nikki storyline on Raw on the way to WrestleMania while she has her Flair feud on SmackDown. And it would work. She could win the title at WrestleMania, be elevated. You add her to the SmackDown roster that badly needs her. And she's now a top woman in the company, just like Bianca Belair is. That's what I would do. 
What I think is going to happen is WWE is going to do the exact opposite. And they're going to have Alexa Bliss come into this match, win, and they're going to give us the Alexa Bliss-Charlotte Flair match that I think a lot of people might want, but I want no part of at WrestleMania. So my prediction, again, based on people announced or conceivably in the match, is Alexa Bliss making her return and winning the Women's Royal Rumble. It's tough because... So they made a comment during Bianca Blair... Blair's entrance on Monday night saying she could be the first person to win two straight Royal Rumbles in 20 something years. I think it's Donald Steve Austin. Um, the story is set up for her to make her to win it and finally make her way back to Becky Lynch and win her title back. Like it, it's a pretty clear, well-told main event story. And I wouldn't have any problem with that. I, I think that is very much on the table. The other option, like you said, Rhea Ripley, she could use it. But is she really there yet? Do we feel yet that she's deserving it and on the way up as a character? I, I don't. I mean, she, she, she won the title at last year's WrestleMania. Obviously, probably earlier than expected because I think it was Asuka had to get out or something like that. Uh, whoever it was, I remember the match. And, and Rhea wins the title. And her title reign was not, it was not good. And she lost it and she's been trying to find her way since. And I don't know if she's found her way yet. So I don't know yet if they trust to her to be put in that spot. Well, I think this yet. is, I think this is the, this creates the opportunity for her to get that. It, it could be, but, but it has to be up to this point. Do you feel like Rhea is ready for that? I don't know. Well, dude, I mean, I she, she had a WrestleMania match scheduled with Charlotte Flair Two years ago, yeah. and and they had it, and she was great yeah. in that match. Right. So yes, I do think she's capable. I just think she's been saddled with a lot of shit, and the best way to get her away from it is to switch brands, have her feud with Charlotte Flair, turn her back into a big time babyface, and she can get over the same way Bianca Belair did last year. Yeah, no, it, it certainly could. Like, like I said, like yeah, she is someone who could use it more. Bianca Belair doesn't need it, right? But Bianca is also a pretty clear story. I I don't think Alexa Bliss is coming back to win it. I think Asuka's possible. I think... I think... Um, I don't know if this counts as a spoiler. Like, I haven't read anything. But I think it's I, I think it's possible Ronda Rousey? She had her kid, right? I don't know where she is so, physically in terms of coming back. So I, I was that, gonna, that'd be interesting, too. I was going to bring that up in terms of, like, a second phase of the conversation. Because, like, one yeah. phase is who is active and full-time where it makes sense for them to win for storyline purposes, for WrestleMania booking, all that. The second part that I was going to bring up is what surprises might we have in this match? Okay, well, and, first off, if, if, not counting a surprise, someone we don't know winning, like, like we're making our picks. Are we taking into account someone we don't know will, will even be there? Well, I, I mean, you can make a pick for someone who like might show up, but I think it's more reasonable to pick, I think, to pick people that are on the main roster that, that I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pick Bianca Belair. I think that's right. So I think, I think so we're different. I think Belair and, and Alexa are really the, the two that it could go to. Now, again, let's talk about where it could go another way, right? Mm -hmm. Because there could be surprises in this match. Now they've already announced, like, I don't know what it is. 11 veterans 
and uh, I have avoided that as much as I could. Well, they, they announced it on TV. I mean, they, yeah, I know. Yeah. When I when that happened, I muted the TV and didn't look at it because I couldn't believe they were doing this. Right. I saw the Summer Ray. I got I saw the Mickey James. I got annoyed by that, but I've not seen any other. So like out of those and out of like what is possible, right? What surprises could we have? What could happen? I guess Nikki Bella, like I know she's not really trying to wrestle, but she would be a big ticket winner. Like people would tune into WrestleMania specifically to see her in a championship match with Charlotte Flair. They would. And people may not think so, but they would. They would. They would. Ronda Rousey, as you mentioned, I think she's far enough past her pregnancy where she's probably either in shape or at least willing or, or, or potentially willing. If she showed up in the match, she would get a huge pop. It would also explain, by the way, why they announced so many women already because they're saving maybe a bigger pop. But but forget Rousey. The biggest possible pop would be Paige coming back mm. in an edge type spot where you don't expect it. You've maybe thought about it a couple times, but you didn't think it was possible. And we see Paige and that would tear the roof off the place. Her music hitting the people would go ape shit. And if I had to pick out of those three, the best one, like let's make believe all of them are in the match. We know Nikki's in the match. Paige would be a absolute no brainer if she's in this match, having her win. Ronda Rousey would probably be the most likely choice that WWE would pick out of those three if they were going to have one of them win. And Nikki Bella, I think, would actually do better business than Rousey, but I don't know that they realize that. But the question is, if you're going to have any of those three win or, or, or wrestle at WrestleMania in a title match, do you really need them to win the Royal Rumble? And my answer mm-hmm. to that is no, you don't. They all could make a case for getting a title match without winning the Rumble. Them being in the match, exciting. Them winning it, to me, Huge mistake, just like when they had Brock Lesnar win Money in the Bank. It completely wasted this trope that they have that can be utilized for better reasons. So my pick is Alexa Bliss. My booking the damn territory pick, if I could like have anything I wanted, it would be Paige entering and Paige winning the match. Yeah, if I could pick anything, I think I would want that. The the, the Paige thing you mentioned. Uh, another one, is it's not a surprise because we know she's in. I feel like she's she's definitely going to be in the final four and that is lita lita yeah do you think there's a chance lita can win i do um she had that she had that promo on smackdown where Mm -hmm. she said i think i have one more run left in me yes and that tells me that either she maybe could win the royal rumble and get a title match or maybe she has a featured match at wrestlemania they could very well do like if imagine if bailey can get back right uh, Lita and Trish Stratus. We didn't talk about Bailey, yeah. Well, yeah, Bailey. I think I don't think she's going to be healthy enough, but it is possible, right? Like you she's never been, know. She's been tweet. She's been tweet. She's been posting a lot of Instagram pictures of, of her winning various things recently. I just I think she has like two full more months though on rehab, but I, I don't know. I don't know. But Bailey's possible, sure. But what I was saying is maybe with Lita showing up and them using the veterans, what if we got golden role models? You know, Boss and Hug Connection, Sasha Banks and Bailey. Banks won't be in the match. She hurt her foot against like Trish Stratus and Lita at WrestleMania. That would be incredible. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think it would be more likely for them to go with Lita. But yeah, we can't discount her being in the match. That is a really good point. And by the way, let's not forget Mickey James, the Impact Knockouts champion is going to be in this match. My guess for her, you can weigh in here. 
no, well, no, she's not going to win it, obviously. Uh, but my guess for her, you weigh in, then let's go to the men, is that she starts early in the match, like four or six or something, and then lasts to like 20. Mm-hmm. So she gets a really nice run, maybe has even a dominant stretch, and then gets knocked out, and they move on from her. Yeah, honestly, the more I think about it, I, I if I had to pick like the three most likely people to win, I think Lita, Lita's right up there. Interesting. Two or three, I think, because because they they tease that bit with Charlotte. I could a hundred percent see them doing Charlotte versus Lita at WrestleMania. Lita won in the Royal Rumble to make it happen. Edge came back. Edge came back and won the Royal Rumble. Um, not not that year, but but um the next year. Right. I think that's very very possible. Honestly, the more I think about it, the more I'm really close to changing my pick. It would be pretty cool, I will say. Um, I mean, we pick differently anyway, so it doesn't matter. Hell, I'll do it. Pick whatever you want. I'm I'm picking Lita to win the Rumble. So you're picking Lita over Bianca Belair now? Yes. Okay, so that's your official locked-in pick. I'm going with Alexa Bliss. Um, And that's it. Let's go to the men's match. And by the way, I do have some questions and DMs that I'm going to read while we talk about the men or, or after we talk about the men, whatever the case. I actually want to start here with Jeremy Smith who I guess he deleted his Twitter account. You guys know he's a longtime listener. I think he deleted his Twitter account, but he still wants to send in questions and comments for the show. So he's Venmoing me beer money, like literally like enough to get a beer and then asking his question or making his comments. And like, first of all, I appreciate it. I'm going to go get two beers tonight with this money. Thank you. Um, Chris, you don't get any, but, but like we have an email address. Uh, <laughs> you can contact me in other ways. Um, you can DM us. Uh, so please don't feel like you need to do that. You are anyone now. Let me clarify. If anyone does want to donate some money to the show, you can do it. My Venmo is my full name, Adam Silverstein. Uh, the ECW Championship is my logo, my icon. Uh, so you can you can donate some money if you want. Uh, we'll use it for beer, or if it's significant, we'll use it to actually amp up the show, and maybe I'll give Chris a cut as well. Um, but you can email us also, DMs and, and questions, uh, comments, gettingoverpod at gmail.com. Boom. Email us. Happy to get them. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the men's Royal Rumble. Oh, that's why I was getting into it. I was going to read his comment. His comment is, happy Rumble week. I'm staying chalk on picks with WWE. That's usually safe. Biggie makes sense as a Rumble winner, but give me Riddle as a dark horse. Riddle Lesnar has mainstream appeal. Riddle reigns as big business. And the needle mover shirt is a direct response to a Riddle interview. So that's his take. Okay. Riddle and Biggie. Um, I'm actually pretty close because look, WWE has announced 22 of the 30 people in this match. And among those are zero legends. There is, there is no, what you would consider a surprise entrance that have been announced other than I guess maybe Johnny Knoxville, which is a celebrity entrance. That's totally different. So Chris, just like with the women, if we look at the men who have been announced for this match, I can only come to four names. And we'll talk about what else could possibly happen. But the four names I come to are Riddle, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, and Biggie. And Riddle, he's pretty clearly still involved in RK Bro. It doesn't seem like they're going to break him up, which is a really good decision. I do think he will be a Royal Rumble winner. If you told me he won it next year, I would totally believe it. I don't think this is the year for him. Kevin Owens, I don't think they're going to let him, especially as a heel, win the Royal Rumble. If he was a face right now, I would put it in the realm of possibility. That leads me to my final two of AJ Styles 
and Big E, I think it's noticeable that they gave Styles a break after the almost feud. He comes back. He has an absolute banger television match. They're and, and they praised him the entire show like we talked about. That creates a lot of reason to think that, hey, AJ Styles could go ahead, win the match, and could you imagine, Chris, if Seth Rollins does win the championship, the Universal Championship, Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Holy shit. That would be an incredible, incredible match. However, Big E exists in this world. And I have a soft spot for the man who, among other things, absolutely loves to slap me. Oh, we got two big meaty men bumping me tonight! And I look at what has happened with him over this last year and him winning money in the bank, cashing it in, becoming champion, a very lackluster run, them changing the title, uh, having Lesnar pin him. And I think about this and I think about what would get the greatest reaction from the crowd. And I think even more so than AJ Styles, it would be Big E, which would give us a Seth Rollins versus Big E match at WrestleMania that we were teased that we were going to get at day one when Rollins won that number one contendership. So I think the two matches at WrestleMania are going to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns with Lesnar entering as the WWE champion and Seth Rollins versus Big E with Seth Rollins entering as the universal champion. I have Big E winning the men's Royal Rumble again from the names that are announced in the match right now. It, it makes sense. Everything you laid out there, if you're booking the damn territory, it makes a lot of sense, and I don't hate it. I keep coming back to the prediction I made, I think, in December about how this was going to play out. But the problem is the person that I picked was kind of dealing with some injuries. We don't know where they are. We don't know if they'll be in it. They have not been announced. And that is Drew McIntyre. Hmm. I I have felt like Drew being the one to take the belt off of Roman would be maybe top two or three options you could do. Uh, of the people who are going to dethrone him, I think Drew is a great one to do it. Um, and I thought we were on that path. I thought he was going to get past Madcap, get past Corbin, win the rubble, go take down Roman. But he's dealing with neck issues, and we haven't seen him in a few weeks, and sounded like they don't know didn't know yet if he'd be ready is the rumble too soon for him to come back and win i, I we, we don't know what his health situation is i i think it would be awesome if he comes back and, and does and that doesn't mean roman versus drew one-on-one it could be roman versus brock versus drew absolutely now you want yeah you want to talk about big meaty men slapping meat that that's another one right there they, they have done a lot of triple threat main events it was a case of 35 in new york it was the case uh, last year. So obviously Dan O'Brien as well, WrestleMania 30. So they're open to it. And I just keep thinking like, who do you want a crown coming out of mania as like kind of your new big guy? I, I Roman was different last year, but, but he, it was a new character. I, I McIntyre missed his moment. He won it at the mania at the performance center, spent most of his thing, maybe his almost his entire title run, I think. With no fans. It, yeah, what's the whole title run? So, he lost the title to Lashley before Lashley defended against yes. him. At Mania last year. In front of fans, me. yes. Yes. Yep. So, 
if Drew is medically cleared, I'm picking Drew, but he's not among those people that we listed. Correct. So among the other ones, uh, among the people that we know are in the Rumble, I think I'm going to go AJ Styles as well. I think I made a pretty convincing up. argument for AJ Styles. You did. Yeah. He, he, he's getting a reset. They just hyped him up on Raw. You know, he's a guy... You can, He'll win the Rumble, but he won't be the guy to fight um, Roman. Right. He doesn't need to be in this scenario. Exactly. Right. So wherever the other belt is, I don't know. Title versus title. I re- Again, I don't know, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I don't know. It just it does make it hard to predict. Yes. Yeah. I, I legitimately don't... And I got to say... I've been talking like this storyline that I've been telling you with these four guys, uh, meaning Lesnar, Reigns, Rollins, and Big E for since day one, we've been talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was going through like the reasons for styles, it really actually makes more sense in some ways to go with styles. Big E, he doesn't like, you can build them up again later or, you know, separately. I don't know. It, they ru- they, they really, I don't want to say they ruined him. They did not ruin him. But they 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 missed the moment. They did. It was such a lack. Like the win was lackluster. Um, the rain was lackluster. Right. The loss was lackluster. It was just. And and if he if he loses the title at day one and immediately comes back and wins the rumble and he's right back in the race, I feel like we didn't really get the impact of any of that. The impact right. of him winning. The impact of him losing. So right. it's just. But they could totally do it. I, I I could. I don't think it's good storytelling, but I could definitely see them doing it. Um, but. Yeah, AJ makes a lot of sense. Well, let's talk about another option because we had Eldred Ryan at Acme Tunes write in. He said, with the lackluster build to the actual Rumble match itself and no clear-cut person who could win the Rumble, I think that's fair. We can agree to that. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to think that either Brock or Roman will lose their title match early in the show, enter the Rumble, and win. So basically, he's doing the Becky Lynch booking. I can I can see that. Where she lost her title to Asuka. And then entered the Rumble and won. Now, if the men's match main events the show, which I do think it will, it is true that any title match losers could theoretically enter. And if that happens with Lesnar or Reigns entering the match, they will win. Like, we don't even have to guess. Like, if, if either of them makes their entrance and gets into the ring, they will ultimately win the match. But I would absolutely hate it in this case, more than the Becky Lynch case. When Becky did it, it made complete sense. Here, either Reigns or Lesnar could easily get a championship opportunity without winning the Rumble. They do not need to win the Rumble again, just like I said earlier, just like Brock never needed to win Money in the Bank. So it wastes a device that could help potentially push someone, even if it's someone that's already been champion like Styles, or Big E. So if you take those names out, Lesnar or Reigns, we go back to the people I mentioned, primarily Styles and Big E. But I do agree with him. If either Lesnar or Reigns loses this title and does enter the match, they will definitely win it. If that happens, which I definitely can see it happening, but I can only I can only see it happening one way. It's and it's Brock losing. Oh, I was gonna say the exact I was gonna say the exact opposite. I don't I, I don't think so. I, I think I think Brock. I think Brock can lose earlier in the show. Comes out big pop. People going crazy. Wins the rumble. And he says basically, "I'm coming for you, Roman." And Roman's pissed like afterwards, something like that. Like I, 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 I Roman winning the rumble. 
it, after losing the belt for the first time in 500 some days, I, I don't. It's I don't ex- but it's exactly what WWE would do. They would book him so that he lost, and it'd be like, oh my god, wow, they finally beat Reigns. Oh wait, lol. You know, Roman wins. He comes in. He wins the Royal Rumble. Like it would be, it would be the most. If you had to, if I had to bet money on an outcome, because I'm not confident about Big E and I'm not really confident about uh, AJ Styles or, or anyone else winning the Royal Rumble, I would probably bet on them doing that. I, between the two, I think it's much more likely Brock wins because he's the face, and in faces win the Rumble. Not always. And, and it, 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 like, and we know Brock is like, I'm coming for you, Roman. If Roman lost to Rollins, I don't think. Roman would immediately be like, "Oh, I'm pissed at Brock or something like that." Like I said, the Usos. All you need, all you need, all you need is Brock to tease him. But the the Usos, the Usos can cost him the match against Lashley. He's pissed at Roman. He wins the Rumble. That's how you advance that story. What if? How about this? What if since the Usos are barred from ringside, Paul Heyman comes down during the Reigns Rollins match. Heyman distracts Reigns, costs him the title. And therefore, Reigns has even further need for retribution against Brock Lesnar. It's, it's, and Paul it's possible, but it's possible, but I don't see Paul Heyman doing that because Paul Heyman keeps saying, "I freaking love you" to Roman Reigns. <laughs> so I don't think he wants to hurt Roman, which I still think is a really fascinating story. It is pretty. We, yeah, I don't think I don't think we talked about it a few weeks ago, but when when that happened, when when Brock talked bad to Paul Heyman and Roman said, "Hey, you don't talk to him like that." That I loved that. That was such mm. a interesting and deep moment but i don't see paul Heyman costing roman the belt so again but like again so many possibilities here yeah. and that's exciting for sure uh, and then one other thing we had nick flynn at n flynn underscore 17 he goes hey there with mickey james confirmed to be part of the women's rumble are there any other former superstars who were let go in the past year like during all the purges the 80 people that we talked about that wouldn't surprise you to be an entrant in either rumble match who is likely who is least likely and who would you guys want to see? So look, we didn't really prepare. I'm kind of just reading these off the cuff. Mm. So I, I don't know that we're going to be able to answer all those questions. I don't think we're going to see anyone like that. Okay. If there was anyone, I would say Braun Strowman. Like he's the one guy that was released that truly did not make any sense in a way other than financial. Like Bray Wyatt, you could say, okay, he was hurt a lot. And he had creative differences and, you know, whatever. Um, other people, you could say, yeah, okay, Vince just didn't understand Keith Lee or Karrion Cross didn't work out or, you know, whatever the case was. But Braun Strowman, it didn't make sense. Fans love him. He's huge. He can wrestle like he's drastically improved over his career. So if I had to pick anyone who like would, you know, would out of that group of people be an entrant, I would say Braun Strowman. In terms of least likely, I can't even think about it. Maybe Keith Lee, just because I feel like he is just so angry yeah. over the way his tenure went that he wouldn't come back. Um, and who do, who would I want to see? I mean, dude, like hit row. Like I want to see Swerve back in there. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I can't even believe or or Ember Moon that they should never have cut, which made absolutely no sense in the world. Or Tegan Knox. Like there's a lot of people. W. Like there's so many. It's eighty freaking people. Um, that I couldn't believe that they cut. There's tons of people. It's an endless answer to that third question. Yeah, I, I, to to who I would love to see this is this is 100 not happening. But I would just personally pop if it happened. And he wasn't a recent 
cut, but Matt Cardona. Oh, that was part. He, he was part of the eighty. Yeah, but it was like way back at the beginning. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. He, but he was part was of it early on. But yeah. he has. I think he is like the best thing going in pro wrestling right now. Uh, the GCW match against Joey Janela was was fun. He's he's just fully internet character, and it, it, it's it's great. I'm I, I I'm following GCW because of him, mm-hmm. but like and and so I don't think it's gonna happen. But I it would be it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool if he came back and just popped in there. Um, other than that, I was thinking like like if Drew McIntyre was in the Rumble and Jinder was in there, and maybe Heath Slater makes an appearance and they do a little three and B or something like that, mm-hmm. and then Drew knocks him out. Because um, like we got like we got the Edge and Christian moment last year you know so like i'm trying to think like are there any teams or tag teams right you could like reunite for like a minute or something like that so i don't know it's tough but uh, that's what's exciting uh, you know leaving what six or seven spots open you know eight for the men i don't of... have the count for the women but it's eight for yeah the men. so yeah. I, I i hate announcing anybody but whatever um so yeah it'll be fun this is this is this is this is the most exciting thing in wrestling the countdown to who's going to come next after the rumble yeah. so looking forward to it all right so that is the ultimate preview that means we only have one thing left here chris and that is to give our pre-show expectation grades for the wwe royal rumble now you our dear listener you will be able to give your pre-show expectation grades as well as soon as our live wwe royal rumble pre-show on twitter spaces as soon as that ends 7 p.m eastern Hopefully the Silver King remembers, Chris, it's up to you to remind me. I will post that pre-show poll. You guys will be able to submit on Twitter at Getting Overcast your pre-show expectation grades. But Chris and I, we get to go first. And I always let Chris go first when it comes to these grades. So Chris, what is your expectation grade for the Royal Rumble? Oof. I'm going to say A minus just because I think it's impossible. I don't know if it's possible to go with an A going in, but like this is a really high A minus. Two rumbles, awesome. Like 100% looking forward to those. Brock versus Lashley, looking forward to that big time. Roman, like like I'm really looking forward to basically every match. Yeah. But I don't know if on principle I can say A. Maybe I should. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really high A minus, low A right now. I, I'm going to say A minus right now, though. I'm at an A. Like, you alluded to it. The card is too loaded. We have yeah. two men's title matches that are WrestleMania caliber matches. You could have Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, or Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins main event of WrestleMania on Sunday night, the second night, and we would be ecstatic with that. Like we'd be thrilled with that as a WrestleMania main event. We have two of them on one card, plus the Royal Rumble, which is the best special match. Maybe Money in the Bank, but usually the Royal Rumble ah, is the best yeah. special match of the year. And we have a Women's Royal Rumble, which is off and on, to be fair. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. Becky Lynch and Dewdrop, we know they both can wrestle and tell stories. But that's going to bang. And even the lowest card match, which is, it involves Edge and Beth Phoenix teaming up together for the first time. So where is the minus? I can't find it. Now, again, this is an expectation grade. This means that based on the card we have, it could be an A show, and I think it should be an A show if, it, if it's booked maximum. So I am right at that A. I'm not going to dilute it with a minus, but what that also does, it leaves me plenty of room. If it slightly falls below my expectation, I'm still in the A range, um, but if it obviously goes even further below that, 
I've got plenty of other letters to choose from, but I am at an A, shockingly. Uh, I, I almost never do an A. It's almost A minus yeah. or B plus or B or something like that. I'm at an A going into this. Like, like, like I'm a, I'm a, a plus excitement going in. I just feel like more often than not over the last 10 years, the rumble ends up being a little bit of a letdown just because we have such high expectations. So I think, so I'm, I'm going to stay a minus, but I'm, I'm yeah, that's fine. more than think it's possible to, to to be surprised. So, don't forget the 2020 rumble was one of the best of all time. It was like a top three yeah. Royal rumble, rumble, the match, That's, the match. By the, the way, match. one thing, one thing, one thing I love about rumble week, just putting on old Royal rumbles in the background. While you're yeah. Playing. Yeah. It's fun. To do it's, it's a, it's a great fun thing to just kind of have them on going on. I recommend people do that this week. The, the way I wrap this up here is I can't imagine this show being bad. And that's not something you can always yeah. say about a pay-per-view. Usually a pay-per-view it has that potential to go bad. I don't see this happening. I think I think it's most likely that it's going to fall short of my A. You know, more likely than not. There's only so much room. But if you ask me, hey, Adam, how excited are you to watch the Royal Rumble? The answer is very. Oh, yeah. You know, even if TV has not been great, WWE's been delivering on pay-per-view premium live events. And I think they're going to deliver here. You know, at least the way it's been built, it has the potential to deliver massively as they kick off the road to wrestle freaking mania, not Seth freaking Rollins wrestle freaking mania, Chris, that is it for today's show. Let me remind you all one more time. What is coming up this week on Thursday, we will have our AEW and NXT episode. There's a chance that we have a Royal rumble go home show Friday after SmackDown. Very unlikely on Saturday, 6 30 PM. Eastern Live on Twitter Spaces, we will have a WWE Royal Rumble pre-show. Not only do you get to listen to Chris and I give our final takes on this entire Royal Rumble card, you also have the opportunity to participate either via text or voice by joining our Twitter Spaces. Again, follow us at Getting Overcast on Twitter, not only for the Twitter Spaces, but also to participate in our pre- and post-show polls and find out when the Instant Analysis podcast gets published. Because that instant analysis of the Royal Rumble is coming Saturday night as soon as the show goes off the air. Chris and I, we will convene, we'll crack open a cold one, and we will give you our instant analysis of the Royal Rumble once again, Saturday night, as soon as the show goes off the air. So, plenty still to come this week from the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast. A reminder that this show, as always... So head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, leave those five-star ratings, and on Apple, let people know how much you love this show. Chris and I, we have plenty more professional wrestling audio to get into your ear holes this week. If you are only a WWE fan, we will see you on Saturday talking all things Royal Rumble. But at this point, I'm going to leave you with three final words. Bye for now.